Hey, hey, everyone, this is Dan, the GM, bringing you episode 153 of What the Dice. I'm going to make this quick as I try to every week. I want to tell you about our Discord. I want to tell you about our YouTube. There's so much we've got going on in so little time. But if you want to keep up to date with all that, follow us on Twitter at WhatTheDicePod. From there, you will see updates galore and more. That's it. I'm going to go. Enjoy this week's episode, my friends. I'm Dan the GM. This is What the Dice, and this is episode 153. It is early morning as we lightly roll around in our bed in this inn that we have rented for nearly two years now. We give a long stretch as we glance out and stare off to the horizon line. The sun has barely started to break the horizon line, painting the sky in this golden amber. Then we have this feeling that someone is in the room with us. We reach for our dagger underneath our pillow and we quickly turn as we see the storyteller lighting the fireplace and sitting down in a chair opening the book well 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 my friends it seems as if I have awoken you it was not my intent to startle you go on put the dagger away there's no need for violence I'm here to continue our tale I will not be at my campsite as there is something pressing I must do but my job and what I do is no concern to you, my friends. But the tale, the tale has much to do with you. Well, partly to do with you. Now, last we spoke, the adventurers were inside of Kazimar's home. They've made it to the second floor, made contact with the Lich, and has had a chance to learn a little bit about whom the adventurers once were but not how they became what they are today. Well, they have now gotten themselves into Everest's Arconic Library. After dispatching with some troublesome fay, they're able to get a chance to look around and look for the scrying mirror that was described to them. Well, dear friends, lay back, get comfortable, and hear me tell. In the last episode, you guys had a chance to talk to the necromancer using a scrying orb, telling he was able to tell you a little bit about what you are dealing with and where the crystals, in theory, should be growing. The idea someone is trying to erase this Liaris Sylvan from existence by removing his history, or at least the knowledge of his history. As you guys enter into the library that the Necromancer sent you to, you had to deal with Fae, who are destroying the library, setting things ablaze as much as they can with their tiny little spells. And 
dispatched them after taking a little bit of damage. We come back as you are looking around this wrecked library. Books are splayed out. The pages that are were tried to be lit on fire are out. The wall that had some volcanic fire hit, the fire has kind of burned itself out on the strange paper, uh, strange wall behind you. What would you guys like to do? Well, we came in here to look for that black stone, so Kalila's going to look for that black stone, because she's going to assume Defibulous is probably going to look for some information of the history or this other guy, since he's been a little bit more observant of that. Indeed he is. All right, let me get some perception checks. 37. 41. We'll start with Defibulous. Defibulous, as you are poking around at the books that you see, a lot of them don't make a lot of sense. They're written in some kind of language you don't recognize. And then you come across a couple of books that are bound in black leather and written in some kind of dried blood. Do you have knowledge, Arcana? No. Okay. Well, as you look at the books, you get the willies of, you know, you can definitely identify that this is... (laughs) written in blood but that's about all you really can tell you continue to poke around and you start to find adventuring logs Uh, you see stories of Everest and Arak before teaming up with everyone else apparently they were adventuring partners long before the group teamed up they tended to run small little dungeon runs for historians and scholars gathering up bits and pieces of history. As you continue to flip through it, you see that there's a point where Everest begins to study clerical spells. Looks like before that he was just a fighter that liked to use a mace, and then he began to become more of a cleric and wearing armor. Where Arok was different. He was a warrior through and through. He swore by sword and shield, but swore by no god, until there was a point where Everest was heavily injured and there was nobody around to help them heal. It seems as if after carrying Everest back to a cleric to be healed, it seems as if Arok promised that he would n- let no harm come to those he loved and began to study the dark arts, leaning more towards necromantic abilities, using the idea of using raised skeletons as shields and distractions to help them get away if need be. Then you see that then they met Kazamar, who... As you look through the journals, the name Kazimar was written in. The original name was scratched out so that no one could recognize it. And you begin to see that Kazimar was a rogue and an archer and one of the finest archers that they've seen. They convinced Kazimar to join with the promise of gold and riches, and it ended up being a lifelong friend after a bar brawl broke out. Then the last of the party joined what seemed like about a year later. 
Liaris Sylvan, an elf from the High Elf Court, a mage by profession, a sorcerer, but tended to lean more towards blade magic, using his abilities to enchant weapons to deal damage. He was a quick wit and seemed to have a way with the ladies that would even put a bard to shame. He was charismatic and eventually fell for a bar owner in one of the elven cities. Lila, as you dig around, you eventually find the orc skeleton tucked behind a draped piece of cloth and you notice that the skull cap is actually removable. Pulling the skull up, you find almost wedged behind the spinal tap a small black orb. Alright, she will pick up said black stones and she was advised to do so. It is eerily cold to the touch. As if it's almost like touching dry ice for the first time, but it doesn't burn. Just do a natural body <laughs> as she picks it out because it's so cold, but then come over and see what Defibulus has found. Hey, um, you, you're you not magic smarts, don't you? Some. You want to take a look at these? She'll look over what he has. Knowledge Arcana. Nah, nah, nah. 16. With a 16, you're not able to determine exact spells out of it, but these are very, very basic necromantic spells. Things like, you know, uh, channel negative energy, uh, cause harm, things of that nature. It looks like a... Oh, I guess a low-level common necromantic spellbook? Defibrous gets a, a grimace. Hey, so you're saying I should become a gunslinging necromancer? I mean, you could raise some uh, skeletons and then give them guns. Nah, I'm good. She goes, but, I mean, imagine the damage of that many guns. I mean, it's really tempting, but that means I also have to maintain those guns. Yes, and carry that many bullets and black powder or gunpowder or whatever it, it is that you carry. Can you imagine that many wild shots? Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> she goes, well, I found the stone we are looking for. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. She'll hold it up and show him. It's really cold to the touch, but... I'm good, you can keep it. I figured. Oh, we have the stone, and we need to take it to... The mirror, which he said was where again? In the, I believe, next room, because he said the library was between his room and... Grist's and... room. Yes. So it should be the one next down the hallway. Anything else you want to read, since we can't... Would be wrong of us to take any of the books here? Not, I mean, how would he know, but... Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd know. That just seems how he strikes me as such. He'd know. Mm. Besides, he didn't pay. He's not. He's where he's doing us a favor by helping us do what we need. So let's not rob him. Exactly. Next room. Next room. 
still going to proceed cautiously because so far every room has had either Fey that attack us or crystals, so she's still going to open the door cautiously. And Tefibius this time will ready a shot. I need a perception check before we continue. From him or just everyone? From everyone. 37. 41. Both of you notice that on this door isn't just one god of the light. There are multiple, and it has created this perfect circle of encarving. The door is actually producing a faint white light, and you feel protected as you come near it. You try the door handle, and the door is unfortunately locked. Kalila will pull out the skeleton key and go, while she's pulling out the key, going, huh, polar opposites. We've got a necromancy god down there, and then she'll call out, because, you know, she... I mean, if you want to make me roll religion, but I'm assuming she knows some of the good gods. Yeah, you would know their symbols at least. It would be common knowledge. She goes, but uh, this one has this god, this god, this god, and this, or however many there are. I'm assuming five because yes, it's a circle, yeah. but whatever. Name the gods. She goes, how polar opposite. Hey, Key, can you open this door? I am a skeleton, Key. I can open all doors in this manner. I was just being polite and figured I'd ask, but can you open this door, please, for us? Yes. You still have to stick it in like a normal key, though. She will stick hit the key in. You hear the door click open, and you are able to push it open. Inside this room is decor decorated pretty sparsely. You see a comfortable-looking large bed with a, a white canopy. You see an area where there's a large bay window that looks out towards the ocean area, and you can kind of see the moon off in the distance and the forest spread out and in the center of it you see a place where someone who would be able to kneel and pray you see religious scripts lining the walls and you see religious symbols of light gods decorating different sections walking in this room feels very calm and very quiet almost like walking into a monastery well no fey in here huh I suspect that door probably kept them out. Yeah, I'm going to make the exact same assumption. But she will look for the mirror that is obviously missing a stone. As you look around, you find a small handheld mirror. Something akin to a makeup mirror. Looking it over, you see that there is a strange... The way it is cut and the way the, the glass is is smooth and super reflective, almost as if it is made of silver. Looking around, you see that in the handle itself, it is carved out to accept a circular stone. All right. Well, if I believe I remember the directions right, it was, you know, put stone in mirror and then think happy thoughts about, was it Leoris or Everest? Uh, it's uh, Leoris. All right. Well, Kalila will try. She'll put the stone in there and then hold the mirror in, in both paws and close your eyes and focus on the name Leoris Sylvan. After a few moments of focus, the silver begins to ripple and you can see a young human 
His hair is long and golden, and he is wearing robes of solid white. And you can kind of look past him, and you can see that it is this exact room, almost exactly the same. He is kind of futzing with the mirror and, and sets it down before he sits on a, a stool. And you see Everest, and he is wringing his hands nervously. And he kind of looks at the door, and he takes a deep, slow breath. Well, I feel as if Leoris has... wants to leave the group. We are... we are leaving for Hold Keep tomorrow morning. And Leoris and hasn't heard from his wife in a couple of days now, which is, which, you know, it, it happens. People and with war messages don't get out as easy. But we even tried scrying her and we're not able to get a hold of her. He seems to be slowly pacing back and forth. Arak told me not to worry about it, that, you know, with the war going on, she's probably busy. She, they purchased land with the last run we did, and she is, and him are, are now, like, actual noblemen. They're, they're lords. They bought some Melvin wine area, something. I don't know. They, they, I don't know. It's Elven-based. I, I don't know. But, Leoris, We've been traveling with Leoris for a couple of years now, and I don't know. Something doesn't, something's bothering him. He looks off to his side, and you hear him call out, Oh, okay, yeah, no, um, just give me a sec. I'm just finishing up packing. He looks back at the mirror. Um, I will, rec- I will scry more later. I don't trust written novels written books, they can be destroyed and then the knowledge is forgotten. Magic, magic's harder to destroy. He touches the glass and it kind of ripples. A moment or two later and the ripples return and it's a different scene. Everest is bloody. His eye is swollen shut. His golden hair has lost its luster and there's pieces of flesh and blood dripping off of it. His once beautiful white robes are now stained in different colors of blood and viscera. He is he looks physically exhausted and you can hear the sounds of his mace being set down. Okay. We survived. Barely. We're back at Holt's Keep, and I, every, the, the town wants to celebrate. I watched, I don't, we watched Orc's family get beaten nearly to death. I watched my old master being tortured and the the name is garbled and staticky and 
we watched his pet get killed. But worst of all, Liaris, he watched his wife die in front of him. This orc war chief was able to capture our loved ones and used them as a way to get to us. We beat him, barely, but he looks down at his mace and then, I don't think I can ever do this again. I've already talked to Orak. We, me and him, we're talking about retiring. There's a, a beautiful little island that's ran by ro rat folk. We can settle down there. It, it will cost most of our money, but we'll be able to set up a nice manor for all four of us. I don't think leaving Liaros alone is a good idea. Maybe that one that we rented all the time. Maybe we can convince the rat folk to, to sell us that old inn. That would be nice. Just big enough for all four of us. He reaches out and touches the mirror and it ripples away for a moment. The next time the mirror is tilted on its side and it looks like it has been tucked away as if forgotten. And you can see Arok in his half-orc skin. He is this dark green with big, impressive tusks, and he is wearing a black robe, and Everest is aged a little bit more. His robes are clean and white, and you see someone that looks like Kazimar, except his he's tan. He looks like he could be human or a half-elf, ears just slightly pointed, and he is wearing a, a tailored nobleman's suit. And you study the background, and you can see it's that living room that's... The paintings are... The one painting is damaged. And they are, are talking. Kazimar seems to be nodding, slightly listening, or listening, but not really responding. Arok is seemingly impatient, and Everest seems to be leading the conversation. Guys, I don't think this is right. Liara said that some god came to him in his sleep and promised to bring back his wife. There was almost nothing left of her. We all saw it. Arak seems to nod and he's like, But you cannot refuse a man his loved one. That would be like refusing fish to swim, birds to fly. Kazimar nods and when did he talk about this? Everest just kind of rubs his hands through his thinning hair and just shrugs lightly. He goes, said he said it was a couple of days ago. Came to him in a dream and he needs to travel to the old orc lands. And there he'll find a way to bring it back. And Arak seems to 
slightly shrug. He's like, the orc lands are safe. Orcs have been scattered to the winds. Most are small tribes. Any adventurer can get through there, even if they are young and impetuous. I see no fear in this. Everest nods and goes, I'm just concerned. The scene kind of fades away. And then you see Everest again. His skin is paled and he's got a a worried look in his eyes and he's pacing with the mirror in hand. You can see the background is the library that you were just in. And he is pacing, walking circles. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Everest, think about it, think about it. Okay, so his wife's back. I don't know how. But he, I've always known sorcerers have to make a deal with their gods. It has to be a blood pack. Like you, you cannot deny their requests. So I know that Liaris is a, had to have sold his soul once. He has to have a patron god. Well, He's, he's not as good of a blade mage as he was, but he is still an amazing fighter. He said that he came back and his wife was in tow, not looking a day over the day that she died. And we even asked, do you remember what happened during the time of blood? And she made the comment of she remembers seeing darkness and being at the waiting place for souls that the grim reaper himself was talking to her and going over her life deeds to decide on what to do with her and then she woke up and she was in a grass field surrounded by this sweet smell and anytime I I pushed past that things I couldn't get answers I noticed that their wedding rings are, are different apparently it's a flower of some kind I don't know I, I didn't recognize it he stops for a moment and shakes his head Something's wrong. Something is wrong. The mirror fades out and seems calm for a moment. And then it comes back and you see an elf. He is tall and statuesque. His ears are very tall and pointed and he has a few ordained or a, a few earrings in his ears and he's in this very fancy outfit. His skin is just slightly tanned as if he'd been out in the sun and gotten that perfect golden tan. You can tell just by the gold hue in his eyes that he is a high elf. Next to him stands another tall, statuesque woman. Again, high elf. Her hair is long and in a single braid. 
and her hand is wrapped around this other elven hand and you can see Everest pacing. What do you mean you've been offered to, to be a king? No one just offers to be a king. Leora seems to have a, a coy smile to him. Well, when you worship the right gods, anything is possible. I will be packing my things and leaving. I've already signed my way of side of the manor off to Casimir. We all know we've cho chosen our own blessings from the day of blood. He just slowly turns and he stops. We're all damned in our own way. At least I will be happy in mine. And he walks off. You hear the door close. And you see Everest staring at the door before the mirror fades away. Returning back to this high polish silver. I'm assuming Defibulous was able to watch and see in the mirror too. Yes. Defibulous kind of furrows his brow after listening to all that. Yeah, Kalila's ears are definitely not pointed up. Not fully flat, but they're resting like they something's unsettling. She goes, I kind of agree with Everest. Something's not right. Well, I have my suspicion on what happened. Bone God? Bone God. Yeah, I had that suspicion too, but I didn't think he was a forgotten god up until recently. That happened how many years ago? Maybe he wasn't as forgotten as everyone thought he was. Do you think that's how he got his start, his foothold, and it's just taken him this long to gain that much power? Well, like I said, I don't believe in the god thing in general. Well, regardless of whether he's god or not. But, I mean, if he's been, if he just lured a major hero to his side and then started a kingdom with that person. I mean, that person just bolstered his power, just gave him power right there. Just in the speaking of, you know, he has people that follow him then. I think that's how it works. I'm not 100% Yeah, sure. typically gods gain power by the amount of worshippers or something along those lines, yeah. And what if he, the bone god told Liaris there to, hey, uh, build a church in my name, make people worship me, make it the rule of the land type nonsense. Yeah. And he's a king and people will follow what kings do. She goes, I just haven't heard of a King Sylvan or a King Leoris. Have you? Not recently, but it's possible that it's in a region that we have never been to or doesn't get much out of. Well, I mean, the elven lands are to the south, but you're right. Maybe it's somewhere on another continent. I don't know. I mean, he didn't say where he was leading to. I'm pretty sure the if once we get back to the rat town, we can ask them. I mean, they're a town of adventurers. They pretty much have to have gone everywhere at this point. And adventurers like to tell tales, so they're all going to talk about what so-and-so went and did. But I think probably Kazimar, or we can go back and talk to the Lich or Everest, so now that we know their names, Auric and... Everest and Kazmar about it, and maybe they kept track of where he went. 
I can't imagine that they just would have been like, bye, and never checked in to hear rumor. But Mike, uh, but it's interesting though. So he turned on the party. He's like, screw you guys. I'm going this way. Because his wife. Because he promised his wife back and got her his wife back. But so why are the Fae destroying all evidence of him? That's a good question. Unless the idea is that the bone, if the Fae are connected, these corrupted Fae are connected to the bone god, are they trying to delete this guy from history so that people don't know what he's doing? Or that he was a hero for some reason? Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. <sighs> the Fae destroying all the stuff is still a mystery, but we did get an answer as to what happened to this guy. And the heroes. Interesting, they all became a lich and then a zombie and then a vampire yeah well there's definitely a very interesting theme running in that undead 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 well, the only one who isn't undead is Leoris. but his wife was dead and then brought back does that make her undead or unliving or is she just resurrected because people can be resurrected and they're considered living they don't always become zombies after being resurrected it's still very weird. Yeah, but you're right. There is a theme. Undead, undead, undead. I'm curious as to which room his is, and my guess is it's one of those rooms, her head nodding out the doorway. I wonder if there's any more clues to be had. You have actually, based on the clues you've acquired, you have been in his room. It was the first one up the stairs. It had the elven flag in it. Ah, okay, so we already had been in his room. Right, and it okay. was completely destroyed. Like, there was nothing. The banners were ripped and everything. There was not a shred of anything left. Got it. Right. She goes, well, let's finish the job, make sure there's no more crystals in this mansion or on the grounds outside, and get back to Kazimar. And ask more questions. Yeah, pretty much, but also, more importantly, get back to the mainland. Sounds like a good idea. Do you think that, as she's wandering down the hallway with Defibulus, do you think that orc that was uh, quite gruesome is the same orc clan that Argoroth came from? Uh, you can actually roll me a knowledge history because you remember what Argoroth looked like. Can I, can I assist with that? No, I'm talking to... Um, Defibulus. Defibulus. Oh. I mean, I'm so, still going to roll because I do have local, but I know it's unlikely. Mm -hmm. So I, I can assist myself. <laughs> and yes, you're rolling with disadvantage because you do not have a formal history class. Dang, I actually rolled... <sighs> 26. 8. <laughs> Defibulous, you sit there and you think about the Day of Blood. And you, you really start to kind of push yourself back to class. And you start to remember sitting in that uncomfortable squeaky metal chair with this old gnome that is your private, teeter, private tutor blabbing away about blah, 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 blah. This massive black orc, blah, blah, blah. Brutal of his kind, blah, blah, blah. Coming from the mountains. And that's kind of all you remember. Well, 
I probably should have paid more attention to that class, come to think of it, but she was so boring! Yeah, I know. Too bad we don't have Clyde here, considering- Wait. Oh, I don't know, his family line came from Hold's Keep? You had the same teacher? No, no, but oh. history was boring. I wanted to go out and hunt things, remember? That's right, but where was Agarok from again? He is a fire orc. He was red. Based, yes. Based on the description you remember, the description of this orc made him to be a obsidian orc. One that comes from higher mountains with more volcanic area. They tend to be they tend to dwell in dried up volcanic vents and are vicious fighters. So it wouldn't be too far fetched to say that Agarok could have been from the same clan. Uh no, because he is a he was a red orc. Okay, I didn't realize he wasn't actually a red red orc. I thought he was just like that was a clan color type thing. Nope, he was a red red orc. Not the same clan could have lived on the same mountain? I don't know. Hmm. Fair. But down this hallway. Yep, down the hallway. As you guys are making your way through this hallway, you make your way in and you get to the doorway. And this is a beautifully ornate door. Gold inlay. And a nameplate. Kazamar. The door is unlocked. And as you open it, this room is decorated in blacks and golds and reds. It is what we would view as Victorian Gothic in style. There are pillars. There are all forms of different paintings depicting death as an embrace of a lover. You see books on ritualistic blood magic, which is not illegal. A little creepy, but not illegal. You see that there's mirrors that are used for scrying that are damaged and that look like they're trying to be repaired. And in the center of the room, there's a glass case and a pillar and a what looks like a letter one that is trifolded with a wax seal the wax is black and the border has got a black border to it and as you stare at this letter we are going to call this episode here Well, 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 friends, it seems as if this little adventure, this mission that Kazimar has sent the adventurers on has brought up more questions than answers. Like, how long has the Bone God been around? How long has he been active? Well, on top of that, why? are all these old heroes from the Day of Blood blessed 
or cursed with the life they have. A zombie, a lich, a vampire, and Leoris, whose wife seems to have been brought back by an unknown god, one that chose to stay hidden. Well, my friends, it is time for your day to begin, and it's time for me to travel on. Until next time, as always, may the Dice Gods bless your every roll. We here at What the Dice would like to thank Paizo for creating Pathfinder, Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook at What the Dice Pod, Twitter at What the Dice Pod, and of course email WhatTheDicePod at gmail.com. And if you liked our little adventure, please share us with your friends and rate and review us. 